Mr. Stephen Allen's SomeNews.co.uk, the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Some News podcast number 35. Yep, we're back after a break for the Edinburgh Fringe. It was great. I got chatted up by a granny. Cougar? No, no, she was more like a Sumatran tiger. Likely to die out any day now. Uh, in the show, I had this joke about not sleeping with pensioners, and this old lady came up after a show and said, I like the show, but I didn't like it when you said you didn't want to sleep with pensioners. And then she winked. Oh. I know. I got hit on by a granny. I'm popular with the old ladies. What can I say? I'm like Yardley's tweed. It was nice. It was sunny in Scotland, which I believe is one of the signs of the forthcoming apocalypse. I got a tan in Edinburgh. I think the Mayans were onto something. The world is going to end in 2012. What? If I think the world will end, I should spend all my savings. I've just done a show in Edinburgh. I am way ahead of you. Anyway, in this edition, Paralympics and Olympics are golden. Every day, David Cameron's reshuffling and lies, damn lies, and statistics about lies. Let's crack on. Mr. Stephen Allen's Some News Podcast, The Main News. We had our spirits lifted by inspirational stories of overcoming injury to go on to do great things. I should point out, I mean the Paralympics, not Cheryl Cole's car crash. Although, that was an impressive story. Will I Am was driving and he drove into a parked car. It's because he's a judge on The Voice. He probably had his chair the wrong way. Uh, Cheryl smacked her face, had a nosebleed, and was later seen with her arm in a sling, which is an unusual treatment for a nosebleed, but I'm not a doctor. Anyway, uh, after a successful Olympics, we also had a successful Paralympics. It's the kind of thing that could make you proud of the UK. Don't worry, the rest of the news corrects that attitude pretty sharpish. Uh, we didn't win the actual Olympics, that honour went to America, but we were winners in another way. It showcased what the UK has done for the rest of the world. Our music, our art. We invented the internet. Heck, we even invented the country that won the Olympics. At both the Paralympics and the Olympics, we did very well, though. For a nation of our size, we were very successful. And I knew we would be. Thanks to last year's riots, most of our young folk had sportswear. But it hasn't been without controversy. First, uh, in the Olympics, a judo competitor was disqualified because he was caught using drugs. Cannabis. Hardly a performance-enhancing drug, especially in a bout of judo. Dude, have you, like, ever wondered why we fight in judo? Why don't we just, like, make love? Uh, because that would be an illegal move. But rules is rules, and let's be honest, you don't want a black belt judo expert with the munchies. Stand in front of his Twix, and he's gonna mess you up. Uh, in the Paralympics, there was upset over Oscar Pistorius. He was the man. He was the inspiration. He was the poster boy of the Paralympics. Till this happened. Are you suggesting that his blades are not as fair as your blades? No, no, I mean, the RPC have the regulations, but uh, the regulations make that uh, the athletes can make themselves unbelievably high. You saw Blake Leaper yesterday. I mean, the guy came down literally overnight, made his blades longer. His, uh, his knee height's like four inches higher than what it should be. And the guys are just running ridiculous times. A petulant outburst when he lost a race. Although, to be fair, I never thought he was a great role model for our youth. He runs around East London with two blades. We've already got enough of that. He said Alan Oliveira's blades were too long, which gave Alan an unfair advantage. But let's look at some facts. 
Alan's blades were allowed by the Paralympic rules, and Oscar is still taller with a longer stride. In the relay, Oscar beat Alan even with those unfair blades, and in the T44 100 meters, Oscar ran a faster time than Alan on the same blades. T44, by the way, is a Paralympic classification defined as single below knee amputation or athlete who can walk with moderate reduced function in one or both legs. Not to be confused with the disability of having big hair, skinny jeans and no chance of growing facial hair. That's the T4 classification. So, all things considered, Oscar's outbreak was just because he was a sore loser. It shows that uncomfortable truth that just because someone has a disability... It doesn't stop them being a knobhead. I know, it feels wrong even saying it, but it must be true. The world is made up of nice people and knobheads. There's no way statistically that serious accidents and illness only happen to nice people. It goes against the urge to be compassionate, which is a good urge. But if the Paralympics is there to correct our misguided attitudes to disability, it must also put us right on this issue. Having a disability and being a knobhead aren't mutually exclusive. Which is a shame, because I'm so much of a bad person, I'd be immune to harm. Uh, Pistorius in this race, the bad guy in the film Manhunter. Heck, even Hitler only had one ball. I'm not sure that's a Paralympic category, but there's a point in there somewhere. Look at it this way. If Usain Bolt came second and said, Oh, that's not fair. That's not actually a Usain Bolt impression, by the way. But we would have mocked him to his face. Yeah, yeah. You can run, but you can't hide, Bolt. I mean, you really can run, though, to be fair. But Bolt didn't lose. He won the 100 metres and the 200. He said he was the greatest Olympian. Meanwhile, Michael Phelps won more gold medals than anyone ever. And he said he was the greatest Olympian too. Now, I agree with Bolt. It's too easy to get loads of golds in swimming because they have so many different styles. Breaststroke, front crawl, butterfly, medley. But in running, it's just running. Until they bring in different styles of running, it doesn't count. 100 metres skipping. You make that an event, and we'd win gold. We've got Michael McIntyre. Or the 200-metre moonwalk. And they're off. And Usain Bolt is going so fast it makes the others look like they're, well, moving forwards. I think there's a hierarchy. The best sports seem to be the ones that would have been more useful in battles of old. The fastest runners to send messages. The longest jumpers to get across rivers. Javelin throwers like throwing spears. Even the hammer throwers would cause some damage. But the shot put. I never get that as a sport. In a battle... It would be useless. The enemy are about 20 yards away, sir. Should we send in the shot putters? No, we wait. Don't fire till you can see the whites of their acne. But there have been winners and losers. 2,400 fines have been handed out to motorists who use the games lanes in London. I should point out, if you're listening to this in another country, games lanes are lanes on the roads of London that you're not allowed to go in at certain times. They're not lanes in the games. It didn't mean that this happened. Uh, yes, lane three is Rushgrove from the UK. Uh, in lane two, it's the American yeah. Clemens. Uh, and on the inside lane, a Citroen C1 from France. Uh, Pistorius is going to complain that this is unfair. Each fine for using one of the official lanes is for £130. This is how host nations make money out of the events. It must have made Londoners very angry. And to find out more, I'm joined on the line by a London taxi driver who's been sent a fine. Hello. All right, Steve. So, are you upset that you got an Olympic Games lane fine? Nah. Well, really? Well, it's a once-in-a-lifetime chance, isn't it? Hey. If I didn't get a fine when the Olympics came to the UK, when was I going to get one? Well, if I waited till 2016, I'd have to drive all the way to Rio to get a fine. And I don't go that far south of the river. So you're happy about it? It's like memorabilia, isn't it? 
I mean, one day it'll be worth something. They only issued 2,400 of them. Are you a collector? Oh, yeah. I got all the rare finds. Oh, what have you got? I got a parking ticket from the Golden Jubilee of three points for going through a red light in London Marathon. And rarest of them all, I got a speeding ticket on the M25. Good God, man, you defy science. The somenews.co.uk podcast. Our leaders have been in the news, and I mean political leaders, not royals. Although Prince Harry has been doing his best. He's back in Afghanistan, a place where women have to cover up and it's a desert, robbing him of the two main ingredients for another naked pool party. I didn't like it when that story broke, actually. You know, what's black and white and red all over? Newspapers with a sunburnt ginger man on the front page. Oh, I didn't like it. And when the sun showed pictures of Harry naked, well, I did not like that. I didn't like it because loads of women were saying they fancied Prince Harry. And I remember when they used to fancy Prince William, but now they've moved across. And what that tells me is, you would rather fancy a ginger man than a bald man. And I find that offensive to my people. It's not easy being a bald man in his 30s. Sure, I save money by not having to buy head and shoulders. But sadly, I have to buy back and shoulders. Don't ask. But Harry's out there, now an Apache helicopter pilot... It said in the paper, he now has his finger on the trigger of an awesome arsenal of firepower, including Hellfire missiles and a 30mm cannon. So if I worked for the Sun newspaper, I'd stay away from Helmand. Anyway, it's the political leaders who've been in the news because of the reshuffle. The papers say David Cameron reshuffled to the right. That's odd, because I always reshuffle to the left, or my balls rub. Not just on my jeans, they rub against each other, and I'm worried because that's how we invented fire. Uh, Normally, I don't care about reshuffles. It's people who screw us over getting sacked and replaced by other people who will screw us over. But this time, it's been interesting. The government has become more right-wing. It could be bad news for public sector workers, the unions, and if they move even more to the right, Poland. Some reports said Cameron was drinking plonk while he was telling ministers they'd been sacked. (gasps) The only way he could have been more evil is if he had a swivel chair and a cat to stroke. Ah, Caroline Spellman, I've been expecting you. With you out of my way, my plans for world domination can start with a new runway at Heathrow. (laughs) Meanwhile, Cameron was also in trouble for handing out knighthoods to the men that he sacked, but not to the women. In Cameron's defence, it's not his fault that these women aren't members of the old boys club. But what are they getting a knighthood for? For services in not being good enough to stay in the government? And Cameron faced accusations of ageism after it was reported that he sacked Caroline Spellman because she was 54. But Downing Street pointed out her replacement, Owen Patterson, is 56. He could still have meant it as ageist, though. I mean, sacking someone for being 54 and replacing them with someone who's 56 is just like having austerity measures to reduce borrowing that have seen us borrow more than ever before. He doesn't have a problem with old people. He has a problem with old women. Not something I can be accused of, if you remember the old Edinburgh groupie. In fact, David Cameron sacked more women than he brought in. It's a shame. I'm not saying that there should be 50% of all MPs who are women, because it's not just about percentage of population. It's to do with desire. If 90% of all women wanted to be politicians and 5% of all men did, then having only half of all MPs being women wouldn't be fair, and it works the other way around too. But by not having as many female politicians around... We're missing out. Mm. New research has shown that men lie more than women. No, we don't. There you go. I just did one right there. That's how easy it is for me to lie, because I'm a man. On average, men lie three times per day, totaling 1,092 lies over a year, as opposed to two lies per day, 728 lies over a year, for women, according to a survey carried out by BMW Financial Services. Firstly, 
Three seems a bit low. I guess I'm above average. That proves my teacher's wrong. And secondly, why is BMW researching lying? Their drivers already do enough of that. I'm not indicating as I approach this roundabout, so it looks like I'm going straight on. That's it, yeah? Everyone wait for me. Everyone wait for me. <laughs> I was going left all along. I lied. While men look bad in these stats, I think women are the ones being given the harder time than they really deserve. Because the top lie told by women is telling someone that they're okay when they aren't. That's not really a lie, because no one ever thinks you mean it. We can hear the tone. This has never happened. Hi, darling. How are you today? Oh, I'm fine. Great. The top five uh, lists of female lies were completed by saying they don't know where something is when they really do. Insert your own joke about clitoris there. Uh, lying about spending money, saying they haven't had as much to drink, and claiming they have a headache. Spending too much, drinking too much, faking a headache. That's three lies every evening. How is their average so low? Top lies told by men include claiming they had no signal, uh, saying I'm on my way, as well as saying they're okay, uh, and lying about alcohol. That's something men do. No, 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 I wasn't drinking when I was sacking ministers. In general, most people believe that lying can make life easier. And Karen Pine, a professor of developmental psychology at the University of Hertfordshire, agreed. She said, We think lying is bad, but actually, the ability to deceive others has helped humans survive as a species. Although that's probably bull. It's one of her two a day. It makes you wonder, if we all tell lies, what's the best lie you've ever told? I asked the question on Twitter. Here are some of the answers. Um, at Dyke with a bike said, somebody nameless bought a DVD recorder and then took it back to the shop as a bag of potatoes and got a full refund. You effectively sold potatoes to a shop. That's an industry. You're a, you're a job creator. At RobSand69 uh, she's a work colleague, darling. Of course there's nothing going on. Why would I need her when I'm married to you? Ooh. It's meant to be a podcast, and now it's kind of got a bit Jeremy Kyle. Uh, at Lynn Gerard says, of course size doesn't matter. Hmm, is that, is that a lie, is it? Cheers. And uh, Lynn Ann M said, four-year-old son asked me, how old do you have to be to have sex? My mind whirling, 29, I answered. To be fair, you should tell your son you don't have to wait until you're 29 to first have sex, but um, I can tell you this much. You do a science degree at university, pretty much just happens that way. The somenews.co.uk podcast. Your letters. Just time for one of your letters. This one is from Formspring, and it reads, it's from uh, WizzyKid, and it says, Here's a question for you. Women with six-packs, yay or nay? It's a tricky one, that. I mean, I saw Jessica Ennis during the Olympics and I thought, that is an amazing body. I would love to have a body like that. I mean, if I had a body like hers, I would have bigger muscles and smaller boobs. It would be a good day for me. But it must be hard to maintain and everyone likes a partner you can actually go out with and relax and eat a meal and things. So I don't know. I think the question is a bit wrong, really, because it's not about whether or not I fancy someone with a six pack. The question is... Would they want me? Because if they would, there is not much I could do to stop them. I do not have the upper body strength to fight off someone like that. The somenews.co.uk podcast. That's it for another episode. Check out somenews.co.uk. Get the e-newsletter, the free Android app. You can read it on a Kindle. You can email podcasts at somenews.co.uk if you want to get in touch. And follow on Twitter at Mr. Stephen Allen. Till next time. Bye. The Some News Podcast. Get more at somenews.co.uk.